October 12th, day three here on the Edgework Show. We get a good day yesterday going 2-0. and Thanks to uh, all, totally part of the Leafs-Habs game, covering plus one and a half for the Habs there, as well as the over, which was pretty easy for us to get through there. But before we recap yesterday's games and yesterday's wins, I want to remind people that the easiest way to improve as a sports better is by using multiple sports books and always getting the best odds. We recommend using an odds comparison tool like Betstamp to do so. Betstamp compares odds across every sports book for games, futures, and player props. You can save time and money by checking Betstamp before you bet, so make sure to download the app today. If you are looking to sign up for a new sportsbook account, please check out the offers available at betstamp.app edgework, or you can hit the link in the description of this show. If you sign up through this page, it does help support the show. Now, Russ... I mean, before we get into yesterday's games, get into today's games, uh, it's been a long summer. I haven't seen you in a while. Uh, how's the golf game coming? It's great, man. Yeah, I actually got to gotta play a lot this summer after all the wedding and the uh, honeymoon stuff was done. Unfortunately, it fell like right in the middle of the NHL playoffs, so I had to take like a week off from that. But it was good. I don't really bet, uh, you know, playoffs as much as I do regular season. And I think, uh, you know, I think this time of year, right in the beginning month of the season, there's a ton of value to be had as people uh, are still figuring out which teams, you know, are the same as last year and which teams are uh, are a little bit different. So, I, you know, I think I'm pumped to talk some hockey. And, um, yeah, we got like a month worth left of golf here. It's not getting too cold. <laughs> I'm sure it's getting uh, getting chilly up where you guys are. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. It got there pretty quickly. I mean, we were talking about it last week. We had like a day where it was 28 degrees and the very next day was 12. And oh, just yeah. like that, it's it's uh, hockey season. It's cold weather. But uh, yeah. yeah, well, glad to hear you had a good summer there. Um, Moretto, I mean, we cashed both bets yesterday. So we go 2-0, which is nice. I mean, Matt Albert at this point might just retire from Edgework and say see you later <laughs> yeah. with 100%. Uh, but how you feeling after yesterday? What what are your thoughts? Let's get into it. The Habs uh, and the Leafs go to a shootout. The Leafs come out victorious with a 6-5 win. We do cash plus one and a half. Cash the over six and a half. Talk me through your thoughts about the Leafs Habs game last night. Yeah, I mean, I thought we uh, I thought we nailed that pretty bang on, uh, Matt, with the plus one and a half and me with the over. We, I mean, the plus one and a half was kind of in doubt at one point. Like you, after that second period, it looked like the Leafs maybe could just run away with the game. Obviously, that didn't happen. It is the Leafs as big favorites. They love to let teams hang around. That's what they did. Um, and the over, I mean, you know, we thought Montreal's forward group was a little bit underrated. I think that kind of, you know, came to light last night with Slavkovsky, Doc, and Newhook. You know, that second line was really good. Um, Suzuki, Caulfield, that first line, you know, had their chances. Um, Caulfield scored twice. Obviously, only one of them counted. And we talked about the Leafs' decor being, you know, maybe significantly overrated. Um I think that that's like obviously something that needs to be addressed for this team. I don't know what you do if you're Brad tree living, cause you might need like two or three bodies back there, but yeah, I mean, yeah. TJ Brody has, has basically fallen off a cliff in the last like 50 okay, well, games I, or so. Let me ask you this though. You said the word overrated. Is it overrated or is it what most sane people thought it was? Well, yes, no overrated <laughs> in the sense that this team is, expected to be a cup favorite right and their price as okay. a cup favorite but with this decor i don't see how that can be you know okay. like i think that in that sense i think you know obviously people you know realize that maybe the defense isn't up to snuff but like the way they're priced as you know top three team in the league basically um widely i don't think that's necessarily the case with 
a guy like TJ Brody, um, Klingberg, who's basically a fourth forward when he's out there. Off- offensively fantastic, though. Like that play to keep the puck in um, for the tying for the tying goal, I think it was, was just a yeah. fantastic play. Um, but I mean, you have Giordano on the third pairing, who's like, how much does he have left in the tank? Um, Lilligren's got some real Travis Dermott in him. Uh, we saw that last night with the fifth goal. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, we just, I think we, we handicapped that game pretty well. The whole offside review thing, I don't think that like changed the game around completely. Um, I think what changed the game around was Jake Allen letting in an absolute, you know, softy wrister from the high circle, top of the circle. Uh, that kind of changed things around. But yeah, I think these offside reviews are an absolute disaster. I, I can't, like, I can't do them. I can't do another full season of these. Um, whether they work for you or against you, they just drive me insane every single time. Like, yeah, you're, you've got a millimeter offside or the guy's skate just comes up. It's like, I, it's just, it's not what the rule was in place for. The rule and the reviews were instituted because of like a gross error that happened with Cogliano, like a massive error that like anyone could tell with one quick replay. Um, you know, yeah. going with like 35 different angles and piecing together slow motion reviews to find out a guy was a millimeter offside. It's just like not the point of this, in my opinion. Um, I think we need to abolish these completely and just like clear and obvious errors. If you can like catch an offside within 30 seconds that wasn't caught in real time, then sure, let's, you know, let's review it. Have them buzz down and say it doesn't count. Get rid of the challenges. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think that's what it was. I think that's what it was supposed to be for. And where we've gotten to with it is just so extreme. And I think that we need to, uh, I think that's something that needs to be addressed at one point, but I might be in the minority. Who knows? Well, Russ, where do you stand? Are you on the abolish the offside review uh, side as well? No, I think Alex makes some good points there. You know, it does, it slows things down a lot and uh, you know, it depends on uh, it kind of depends on how it shakes out. It's, it's sort of 50, 50 for me. Um, you know, some of the time, it seems necessary and some of the time yeah i agree with alex where it just seems like it's slowing the game down and uh yeah it's not what it was made for so um yeah there was some there's some questionable you know reviews in that game for sure yeah uh as far as like the tree living trading uh trading guys and stuff i mean moretto I, t- I said it to you last night tree living tried to trade brody before he tried to trade him to the leafs actually in a deal for nazim kadri and kadri was the one who turned it down at that point in time because of his no trade i'm not i'm not going to be surprised if tree living tries to make a move for brody here or to get him out now the problem becomes like you're going to see leafs fans on twitter crawling around and saying you can get some amazing return reality is he can't he's got a year left on a big contract and he's a rapidly declining uh player on the other end so i don't really just see any type of value coming back but it might open up some cap space for you there to make a uh a move but i mean boys the biggest story of last night uh, it has nothing to do with what was play what was going on on the ice um mike bromberg asking are we happy with the new leaf school song moretto how are you feeling about the pursuit of happiness <laughs> <laughs> ruin the song for me i'm done with it now <laughs> I mean, <laughs> i'm done with it all right fair enough uh enough talking about this game uh a couple other games that went on last night that was interesting one that i really wanted to get to uh we talked about it a little bit on the show. You couldn't really get there with the number of where it was at and uh, with the vancouver canucks against the edmonton oilers then we start to get some information that there's a flu going around the Canucks, hitting them hard. We can't tell what kind of flu, how hard it's hitting them, how many people have been affected, and 
Uh, I mean, we've heard of the Jordan flu game. This is the Canucks flu game. Come out and absolutely womp the Edmonton Oilers 8-1 to last night. Four spot put up on Jack Campbell. He's pulled 27 minutes into the game. Stuart Skinner comes in, lets in another four goals. I mean, Russ, what do you make of the Canucks coming out and making a statement in game one? Yeah, complete surprise on my on my side. Uh, normally, I'm a Jack Campbell apologist. I love him. You know, I've loved him betting on him for years. But it seems like I might have to make some adjustments in my model because, yeah, we actually I actually liked the oil last night, and I was a uh, man. That was just ugly. He he played absolutely awful. I, you know, I got to give some credit to the Canucks. They they played well. They put pucks on goal. Um, it's not like it didn't seem like they did anything overly surprising. It's just like they the defense could not stop any shots. And the goalies couldn't stop a thing either. So, I mean, full credit to the Canucks here. I was completely surprised there. It looked like the Canucks did take some money, and then that flu information started going around, and then you saw that uh, that Temko was puking in his helmet, I heard last yeah. night. Um, so it was just a wild game overall, and for him to play that, like that with the flu, you know, very impressed. I think, you know, so money's probably very happy so far, 1-0 on the season, get the Canucks futures in. Um but yeah, I'll probably have to make some adjustments after that game. It was a it was a surprise for me. Yeah, I mean, we might all be Canucks this season. We'll see what so money has <laughs> to say when we get him back on the show in the next couple uh, weeks coming up here. But uh, in the meantime, make sure if you are watching right now and you have not hit subscribe, hit subscribe to the channel and like the stream for so money and for his Canucks. Um, Moretto, your thoughts on last night's game between the Oilers and the Canucks? I, I mean. I'm upset that I didn't pull the trigger here on the show because I talked about how I, I leaned to the Canucks and I was close to a play and I just didn't quite want to give it out. Maybe a little trigger shy after an 0-2 uh, start to the season on Tuesday night. But um, nonetheless, I think it's it's one game. I'm not going to take much from it. Uh, yeah, that was a fantastic tweet. With the flu bug going around too, kind of scares you off the Canucks and apparently that's all they need to uh, to be an incredible team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I, I think we're at a point though where like, there's a lot of overreaction with obviously Campbell, you know, that's, that's concerning, but they still have the Stuart Skinner uh, behind him. And I think we're going to be at a point where like the Canucks, uh, the Oilers are going to be like seven, you know, seven and three after their first 10 games. And it's all going to just going to be a little blip uh, on the radar. I don't think yeah. I'm going to take too much from it. Small sample one game, but uh, they look bad and the Canucks look really good. Offensively look really good. Um, if they can keep it going, then yeah. I mean, again, what they go, they went 11 and, uh, 11 and six last night, right? One of like five teams, both of these teams did because of the salary cap constraints. Um, yeah, we need to get that cap raised as well. That's another thing that's yeah. that needs to happen pretty soon. Um, real quick before we move off of this game, put yourself in the shoes of a Edmonton Oilers fan right now. Last year, one of the biggest concerns you kind of had coming away from the season was you can't really get the stop when you needed to. Stuart Skinner goes is your guy basically all season in the playoffs it turns to Jack Campbell and now, okay, now Jack Campbell's thrown in there. Can Jack Campbell be the guy to do it? And then it's not necessarily like they were a detriment to the team per se, but they were not a helping factor in terms of getting wins on a nightly basis. You didn't really address this at all in the off season. If you're sitting there as an Oilers fan, this is, what is your level of concern about this team going into this year, watching these two guys night one, both get four goals put past them and I mean, Russ, you're going to go into this season with just having to rely on this again. 
Yeah, I think Alex hit on it, you know, not overreact. It's one game. Um, I do think that there's some issues with Jack Campbell, and I'm not sure why they went back to him. Maybe just the veteran thing, uh, first game at home, you know, trusting him a little bit more. But it's it's pretty, it's pretty clear, you know, from this moment forward that um, they will probably make the switch to Skinner. I think, you know, a lot of us on this show last year talked about how much better Skinner was at the end of the year. So I think it's quite surprising for me that they started Campbell, um, you know, my model has a bunch of priors to where Campbell was used to be actually pretty solid in that. And, um, you know, I think that's just breaking down lately. Uh, but overall, you know, if you're a, if you're a fan of the oil, like Moretto said, you can't, you can't dwell on this one loss. It was ugly. It was bad, but fast forward 10 games. And I, I think it won't be, you know, it won't be a big deal at all. Right. right. It's early. All right. Other games from last night, briefly to get uh, to touch on here, uh, we do see the Colorado Avalanche and against the LA Kings. Uh, Russ, your Colorado Avalanche, yeah, man. winning last night five to two. Uh, what did you see with the Avalanche uh, that you liked, disliked? Any reactions, overreactions, or you just kind of yeah. take away? Hey, this is a good win. You came in fit into that game favored, and that's about all the, all there is to say. Yeah, well, uh, this line originally started pretty even at minus 110 both ways, and the Avalanche took a ton of money once you saw that a couple of the players were out for the Kings. And uh, I thought that the move was a little bit too much, and so we did play on the Kings plus 115, and, I mean, that was just awful, completely awful. The Abs ended up putting up 7.8 expected goals. The Kings could just couldn't stop anything. Um, ton of shots on goal. The Abs just absolutely dominated from from start to finish so i think yeah as an abs fan they looked great they looked like uh you know kind of left off kind of picked up where they left off the year prior and i think you know a lot of people were hating on them for being one of the top favorites one of the favorites for the president's cup but uh yeah i think this is one of the best teams in the league and they showed that last night against a very very good kings team on the road who i who i thought uh would have a much better defense this year um, but yeah, you know, 7.8 expected goals. It's hard to do. So they're up there with the Canucks, man. They played, they played very well and, uh, the Kings just couldn't stop anything. Yeah. I mean, we were looking kind of where we could get to on a, uh, on a Kings line it does continue to move out there yesterday for, uh, the avalanche. Yeah. Um, but interesting to see moving forward. Now, as far as games go today, let's get into it. We do have seven on the schedule here tonight so we'll break all of those down feels good to have hockey back on tv for the entire uh for the entire night so starting with the new york rangers on the road at the buffalo sabers now the buffalo sabers coming off of two massive signings where they kind of just made these happen in the weeds rasmus dalin eight-year deal 11 million dollars you line uh lock up owen power on a long-term deal here now too last night just coming in uh right before games pucks dropped in games last night couple good signings for the Sabres there. Now you're kind of looking at a team who's going to be on the on the bubble of the playoffs, at least in many people's predictions and projections. Currently, we're looking at this line with the Rangers favored at minus 125, best price available on the Rangers on the road at the Sabres. Moretto, what are your thoughts on where this line's currently sitting at? Total over six and a half or at six and a half. Sorry. Is there anything that you might like in this game that you would want to get behind? Yeah, where the line's sitting right now, it shouts a Rangers play. Um, and we have a guest bet today uh, from So Money here on the Rangers. He likes the Rangers up to minus 135. So we can lock that in as a show bet right now. Um, wow. Personally, I did not bet it myself because 
and this is probably a stupid reason, but um, I, I saw the Rangers a few times in the preseason with their full lineup and they just looked so bad. It was really like, they really struggled to score. They really struggled to generate offense and it's the preseason and like a lot of veteran guys on this team that maybe just don't care as much about that, um, which is completely fair and understandable, but it's just enough to just keep me off it right now. Early in the season, I didn't end up uh, betting it. I'm also very curious to see what we're you know going to get from the Sabres tonight. This is a good measuring stick for them against a very good Rangers team and Eastern Conference contender. So uh, I think it'll be a good data point for us to have on both teams with this first game. And um, while I stayed off, this is a, uh, a so money special for us tonight on the Rangers. Russ, your thoughts on uh, on this Rangers Sabres game? Where do you come in and where the prices are right now? Yeah, I, uh, I, if at minus 125, I lean that way also. I have closer to the Rangers minus 140 ish. So I would also, I agree, I'd play it up to, uh, I would play it right up to 135 or so, you know, still have a little bit of value there. Um, yeah, I think the hype train is, is, is very high on the Sabres where we kind of know what the Rangers are going to be. Uh, look, it looks like the Sabres are starting one rookie. Um, and uh, so, you know, I have to do some assumptions on my model. Uh, but also looking at the over here, um, I think at six and a half, it's, there's a fair bet that it will get to seven, you know, the majority of the time. The Buff Buffalo Sabres were a huge, huge over team last year going 46 and 31 to the over. And, um, you know, we know that uh, Igor Shosturkin is, you know, probably one of the best in net. But, you know, I think the Rangers offense was really, really solid last year, too. They're up from uh, up from three goals the year before to three point three goals per game. And, um, you know, they were they were uh, they were a solid, solid offensive team. So that's the way I would look. I think at some point in the season, you'll probably end up getting um, over unders at seven on this Buffalo Sabres team just because they're such an offensive power and their defense kind of struggles. So that's the way I would be looking. I haven't bet it yet personally, just because it looks like Devin Levi is in goal. I only have, we've only got seven games of data on him. So that, you know, that skews a few things for me. And it just makes me, you know, kind of assume things where early on in the year, you know, I, I tend to be a little bit, a uh, little bit more conservative on bets like that. But yeah, I think if, you know, if, if I get confirmation and look at this a little deeper, over six and a half at minus 110 is a good play. And, um, agreed with so many on the Rangers minus 125 that probably should be closer to minus 140 I think do you want to lock this in here on the uh over six and a half minus 110 was best price available or should we just no I'll skip it for now. look off all right I've got a couple so, others that I like and that's probably probably the third or fourth bet that I like um I doubt I will lock it in but I could I could easily see this game getting to seven all right, fair enough. So we'll leave that off. We do have a best bet there, uh, courtesy of our guys. So money minus one twenty-five on the Rangers. Get up to minus uh, one thirty. Moretto, did he say minus one? Minus one thirty-five. Minus one thirty-five. All right, there you go. So we'll play it up to that, but minus one twenty-five. We do lock it in. Now this next game that I'm going to go to, I'm going to give the reins over to you, Moretto, here because I know we are looking for a price on this one between the Philadelphia Flyers and the Columbus Blue Jackets. And within about the last 15 minutes or so, this one has come back in. What are you looking at right now in Columbus, Philadelphia, and why do you like the price given where it's come back to? Yeah, I mean, I'm terrified. This is the whole like Kings thing last night where like the, the Pinnacle was offering the best price by about 10 cents on the Kings. And I'm like, well, I kind of, I mean, I kind of want to play it at this number and then the Kings go and lose. And now Pinnacle's offering, you know, by far the best price in market on Columbus. Um, over the last 15 minutes, this has just completely 
the Flyers have taken a ton of money here, and uh, I don't get it. I think that Columbus is is now at minus 107, being significantly undervalued here. Um, I would play this all the way to like minus 120. Again, you know, with the, with the whole penny lean thing, you know, probably um, going to look stupid by the end of the night. But yeah, Columbus for me at minus 107 is definitely a play. I think that uh, offensively and defensively, they're just a the better team here. Um, obviously, Merzlikin scares you a little bit. Hopefully, you can have a bit of a bounce back with the. Uh, you know, Carter Hart in the opposite crease. The, I guess the Flyers have the goaltending edge. But other than that, I just I can't get to this number. I just don't understand how um, how the Flyers have taken this much money. All right, so we'll lock in Columbus there. Um, Russ, any thoughts from you on this game and where we've kind of seen market move to here? No, I think, you know, I'm about right on market at, at minus 110 both ways. I think that it's sort of moving into where I have it. Um, you know, you give probably Carter Hart the edge and goal over over Elvis. Uh, but other than that, you know, this Flyers, Flyers team is has is the favorite for one of the worst records in the league for a reason. Um, I think it's a clear rebuilding year, so to speak, for the Flyers, whereas the Blue Jackets showed some life last year. So, you know, I would lean that way, especially with the Jackets at home. You know, I, I'm not exactly sure who's out there just hammering the Flyers right now. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I agree. Uh, all right. So best bet in this game, we're looking at uh, Columbus minus 107, um, thinking that maybe more money continues to come in on Philadelphia and see the market moving that way. But Moretti said up to minus 120, you'd, you even like that. So uh, very much within range there, especially across multiple sports books. Now, moving to the next game, Moretto, a team that, uh, I mean, our guy Todd was very very happy about the way that their season had gone last season maybe not so happy with how it had ended kind of waited to see if this thing might turn out to be fraudulent but i'm more interested to see if we're going to see some regression from the devils this season their the way that they played throughout the course of 82 games last year was very very much above where we expected them to be uh, even just on an average day last year they come in basically sustain that throughout the entire year finish as one of the top teams in the east specifically in the metro division now you're going to get them minus 230 as home favorites tonight against the detroit red wings i don't really see the detroit red wings being a team that had improved too much over the offseason but russ i mean coming in minus 230 for the devils is a number you could get behind you think this might be a little bit too uh long here what are your thoughts on where the market's currently sitting and the total at six and a half yeah, originally I, I did, this did look a little bit long to me, you know, for the first game of the year and a Red Wings team that I think is going to be a little bit better this year, <clears throat> but ran my numbers and right around minus 226. Um, so I guess it's right on market for Pinnacle. Pinnacle, yeah, looks like they're sticking their neck out again. They're seeing some 250s on the board at Caesars and uh, even minus 265 at DraftKings. Wow, that is a crazy variation there. Um, but yeah, this is this game. I'm basically right on market. I do have a small edge on the over. I think that you can kind of envision a uh, you know a, a game sequence where where this game is a little bit back and forth and a lot of shots on goal. Um, so I have a small edge for the over, but it's it's nothing that uh, that's worth playing. And I, ha I have other plays that I like better. So you know, yeah, I'm pretty much on market here. Surprised to uh, kind of surprised to see it out this high, but. Yeah, I'm. You know, I ran the numbers and it, it looks okay to me. I think that the the Devils probably get the win here, but I'm pretty high on this Red Wings team. You know, I think there's there's some spots to back them later this year, also. Um, but you know, I love my Devils. They're they're solid. <laughs> they're a solid young team who who we bet on a ton last year. So yeah, I'm not looking to fade them. 
And Alex, anything that you might be able to get behind here? I really wanted to uh, lock in a Red Wings play, but it's been bet back into range. Like yesterday when this opened at Penny, it opened at like minus 260. There was minus 270, I think it got to at one point at, at Penny. It's definitely been bet back down now, kind of into range. So I, I don't think at this point, like I could maybe justify like a half unit on, on Detroit plus one and a half, but like not something I'm dying to bet either. I do think the Devils are a little bit overvalued. I think matchup wise too, like the Devils lost a little bit of depth this summer um, and the Red Wings gained depth. And that's kind of the Red Wings biggest strength right now. They don't have nearly the high end talent that the Devils have, but they can roll four lines. Um, they have, you know, three legitimate NHL pairings, depending on what you think of, you know, Justin Hall and Ben Chirot and all those guys. But um, I mean, they're serviceable NHL players at the end of the day. So this is a deep team, but again, the way it's been bet back down now, I think it's kind of fair where it's sort of settled here. Okay. Next game we're going to look at here. Um, if you followed us on day one of the show for this season, you know this is the this is the loser bowl for us. These are the two teams that had us go 0-2 on day one. The Nashville Predators at home to the Seattle Kraken. Nashville currently sitting at minus 110, best price available, plus 103 on the Kraken. We're seeing a total of six right now. Moretto, are you back in the Nashville Predators here tonight? I know you're Mr. Nashville. Um, <laughs> I don't even want to say what I know the chat is going to start saying once we start talking about this Predators game, but uh, are you a Predator? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I want to be a predator tonight but I, I can't quite do it i can't quite do it at this price um friends have taken a little bit of money now too i was hoping to get like maybe a plus sign in front of the nashville uh team here but we're not going to get that and it looks like they're yeah. i think the i think the i don't know if the market is necessarily where i am with the predators but like i think they're agreeing with you know there's obviously some sort of the same sentiment here that nashville's a better team than uh than you know was maybe believed um before the season obviously it's just been one game but you know i thought we liked what we saw from them in that first game despite the loss and um yeah they've taken a little bit of money now to the point where you know seattle's got the plus sign in front of them at penny um it would be nashville or nothing for me but just like i would i would appreciate a bit of a better price here before i can you know get on this yeah fair. that's uh that's fair i mean not tonight we are not predators um <laughs> russ any, any thoughts for you here before we move on yeah definitely i do lean towards the preds like like moreto said i think that that bridgestone arena is a super tough place to play going there watching the game that place just gets up for games and i i don't think it'll be any different here but no i've got to play on the under six especially at plus money um, honestly, I think both of these teams are under teams as they were last year. Both of them want to play very solid defense. You know, Seattle's 13th in goals against in regulation and uh, Nashville was 12th in goals and regulation last year. And really not too much of a, you know, not too many changes on either team. So um, going to my priors here and we did bet the, uh, the Kraken and the Golden Knights under the first game of the year and got that pretty handedly. And I think, you know, I think this Kraken team is very solid on defense. I think this should probably be lined closer to five and a half. My numbers have a, you know, 5.47. So I'll easily take a plus money under here and just hope that, uh, hope that I was right on, uh, you know, both teams being defensive. That's the way I'm, uh, that's the way I'm playing this one. 
All right, there you go. Another best bet. Third best bet of the day. Uh, we continue to move on here, go through the games. We have three remaining. So we go next to the Florida Panthers at the Minnesota Wild. Now, this Florida team we know is fighting off some injuries here that they had had sustained from their playoff run. It's going to eat through the first couple of weeks, couple of months of their season, depending on which guy you're looking at. But now uh, with this Florida team, obviously that, that information, that news is going to be baked into the market. We're going to have that uh, expected here and that's why they're currently sitting plus 114 against the Minnesota Wilds. Total sitting at six and a half. Uh, any way, Russ, that you might be trying to get involved in this game, whether it be a side or a total? Nope. You know, I think I do have a small edge on the Panthers here, but with, um, yeah, like you like you hit on with no Ekblad, no Montour, and no Bennett, um, this is kind of a stay away game for me. I think this is a kind of a wait and see uh, you know, if you listen to the show last year, you know, I loved going against the Minnesota Wild as much as I could. Uh, that bit me in the butt uh, quite a bit last year. So, nope, this is a stay away game for me. I think this is a, a great matchup to just kind of see where each team is at. And, um, yeah, I, you know, honestly, I think it should probably be maybe minus 120 for the for the Wild. And it looks like it's actually actually ballooning out a little bit from there. Some of those plus 114s are enticing on the Panthers. But like I said, lots of in injuries, starting a couple of young guys. So this is a stay away game for me. All right. Uh, Moretto, are you uh, getting wild? <laughs> I'm definitely not getting wild. Um, like Russ, I am closer to the Panthers here. If, like, if this does yeah. keep drifting, I think I'll have no choice but to to get on it. Like we get like a plus 120 at one point. Um, Russ, you talked about how you faded the wild a lot last year. I think if you keep doing that this year, the variance will turn and you'll uh, you'll be happier for it because I the wild are a team I definitely am looking to fade a little bit more this season. Um, I think that we've just gotten to a point now in the market where like they're super high on these on this team and I just I just can't quite see it. Um, I think there will be value betting on them early betting against them early in the season. Um, again, the shorthanded Panthers though just not exactly the team I want to do it with right now. If we got a bit of a different matchup, um, I would have been, you know, a bit more eager to get involved here. But the Panthers, another team I'm not super high on and missing guys now, just not the way I want to fade the wild. But there will be other spots going forward, I think, in the coming weeks where we'll definitely have some uh some value opportunities to bet against them. All right. And now looking at the St. Louis Blues against the Dallas Stars, I think St. Louis is one of the teams when I was kind of reading some of the preseason stuff uh, where different people were slotting them in. A lot of people seem to be looking at this St. Louis team and valuing them very poorly, having them rating them very low within the market. Now this Dallas team, on the other hand, I think a lot of people are very high on currently sitting at a minus 204 for Dallas at home tonight against the Blues. Uh, could this possibly be a situation where maybe this line is a little bit shorter than we anticipated it to be? Or Moretta, do you think this may be coming in right kind of where you expected? I think it's a it's about fair, but like with the Blues, they're such a volatile team. Their range of outcomes night to night is so wide that if you're going to back them, like these are the games to do it. I would never want to back them when they're favorites or anything like that. But like when you get these big prices, they're kind of an enticing team to want to uh, to get behind um, because on any given night, they can beat any team. Like they have that high-end talent. You know, they have Bennington's wide range of play where he can just steal them a game at one point. He can also look terrible at times. Um, I'm not super high on the Blues, but I do believe that, you know, on any given night, they can be uh, a team that's very frustrating to bet against. So I'm not quite going to do it here um, because the Stars are just an absolute 
wagon and I don't really want to get behind get in front of that on the first day of the season especially at home in front of those fans that building can get pretty loud too so just to stay away from me there I do kind of like a little bit of a an overplay but like just not something I'm really gonna I'm gonna get involved in with tonight because again this I mean we can see Bennington you know let in let in one goal we can see him let in about seven so I just not quite yet there Uh, I want to see a bit more from the blues in these first few weeks before I start betting into their games. Right. And Russ, where do you kind of uh, evaluate this Dallas team being at, especially with some of the uh, hints stuff going on? I'm um, maybe not going to going here for the next little bit. And then against the blues where you're kind of sitting going, all right, where do we come in on, on this team with some of the volatility that Moreto mentioned? Yeah, this is a, yeah, basically two teams I have going in complete opposite directions. Um, Lot made a couple of different plays on Dallas Futures, one of my favorite teams going into the year. And, I, you know, I think that I think that they should have a great season. And I was surprised to see this open right around minus 200. I think that is a little bit short. This might be one of the squarest plays that I make, you know, all season or at least this week um, for sure. But, yeah, I looked at that in a Dallas regulation minus 125 or so at Pinnacle. That's a play for me for sure. I think that, you know, I think that probably should be minus 150 or even or even a little bit higher than that. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, see, Caesar's got it at minus 145. That probably should be right around there. So if you're going to give me 20 cents of value at Pinnacle, I'll take that every day. Um, it's pretty, pretty simple handicap, really. Um, Seattle's defense is absolutely terrible. Uh, we know who Dallas is. Their solid defense have a solid netminder in Ottinger. Um, Dallas is second in goals expected last year and Seattle was, I'm sorry, St. Louis was 28th in expected goals for, and they're starting the exact same six on defense as they were last year. They really haven't made any changes to speak of. And, you know, it it doesn't seem like this is going to be a different team than it was last year. I'm not very high on Jordan Bennington. I think he could stand on his head, but he could also allow five or six goals in any given night. It's very, very, he's very volatile. The uh, range of outcomes is very, you know, wide for him. So, yeah, I was, I think, you know, my fair line on this is closer to Dallas minus 260 or so. Um, I don't want to lay all that lumber when I think they should easily win in regulation. And I think, you know, they could probably win by two goals. Um, minus one, yeah, the minus one, one and a half is probably playable as well if, if you don't want to lay that juice. But I think minus 125 in regulation when other shops are hanging, minus 145 is a clear play for me. So I'll take the square route here, and I will go with the Dallas Stars at home. All right, there you go. Loading up with best bets here today uh, on the Thursday show. Seven games. Getting into the final game of the night. This Vegas Golden Knights team uh, has been so far uh, in that first game that we saw the team basically that looked like they just came right out of the Stanley Cup and just continued their play from the playoffs of last season now you're going to go up here tonight at uh, on the road excuse me against the San Jose Sharks who are widely projected to be the worst and if not the worst one of the bottom three teams in the NHL this coming season now Currently sitting uh, with Vegas minus 240. We're seeing Saint, uh, San Jose plus 212. Total sitting at six and a half. Moretto, how do you kind of break down this game? Uh, and is there any way that you'd want to bet on this one? Oh, it's so, so, so ugly. But like, I just, I, I can't get to Vegas at this number. I think it's just too long. Um, San Jose is so bad. Their defense is just terrifying. Um, but like, 
I don't hate a plus one and a half here. Um, again, maybe I'm like not adjusting enough for like Aiden Hill and how much Aiden Hill has been fantastic. And this is the Aiden Hill revenge game, right? I mean, I don't know if he needs revenge against the Sharks when he just won the Stanley <laughs> Cup. I think that's the last yeah. thing on his mind. But uh, I just, I think the Vegas is still a little bit overvalued. That's just where I am with this. Um, again, it's boring. I'm not giving out much today in terms of plays, but like the Sharks just aren't exactly the team I want to, you know, fade Vegas with. Um, I went to that well on Wednesday night or Tuesday night and I got burned with the Kraken. They couldn't score a goal. Their power play was, you know, non-existent. Nathan Hill stood in his head. Um, do I want to, you know, experience that same fate with the San Jose Sharks tonight? Probably not. So I think uh, low volume day for me with just the Blackhawks, with just, sorry, with just the, uh, the Blue Jackets. Yeah, uh, Russ, you think that Vegas might be still uh, overvalued here as well? Yeah, I do. I think that this line is a little bit long. I'm not looking to uh, play it at all, but I, yeah, I was I was pretty surprised to see this uh, to see this sneak out to 250 or 260, which is it's lined at now. Um, I believe that they did confirm Logan Thompson in net for okay. the, for the Knights. Not that it you know makes a ton of a difference in my numbers. I have them pretty similar. Um, but yeah, it, you know, just running a player-based model, this, uh, San Jose team is trotting out five new forwards starting and three new defensive starters. So this is sort of a wait and see game. I do have a small edge on San Jose. If you're, you know, if you're throwing, I don't know if you, if you have a pick them, if you're throwing a, a parlay out there, I think that, you know, plus one and a half is probably gun to my head. That's probably the way I would go if I had to make a bet on this game. But it's just too early in the season to take flyers like that. And, you know, I agree. I think they're pricing the Knights, you know, like they were, like they're Stanley Cup champions. And and after seeing that game opening night where they dominated, I think this this number is a little bit high on them. But like I said, a bunch of new starters for San Jose. You got Logan Thompson in net. So there's a lot of uh, question marks for me on this game. And it, it, it's a stay away. I'm not going to have a play. All right, so we'll leave that one out. I do want to circle back quickly to the Minnesota game. There was a question here in the chat uh, that I see asking about the uh, Minnesota under six and a half. Is there any thoughts for you guys on that total? Is there any way that you might want to uh, play that? Would you need it to get to a different number? Like just any thoughts on that before we move on? Um, not necessarily, you know, I... I have a hard time playing any uh, any Panthers unders. Uh, you know, we we've made a good fortune betting their overs for the last couple of years, and I don't think that's going to change with with all these guys out. Um, I think that they should easily they could easily get to uh, this game could easily actually get to three three where where you're cashing that over. So no, I mean it's right on market for me. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make a play. But I would, yeah, I'd be wary to uh, to play any Panthers unders personally. Makes yeah, sense. I think um, with with Bobrovsky and the wide range of outcomes that he that he mm -hmm. comes with, and the defensive injuries for the Panthers, I think this is kind of uh, I can't really I can't really justify a play on the under here. All right, uh, now I do have a bet here. Uh, we'll go a goal scorer prop for people because we haven't given, I don't think we've get done goal scores yet so far this year. So we'll look at one. It's not necessarily uh, painted across the market as sitting at this number, but this is one that I was talking to Moretto ahead of time. I think is wrong. We'll go on a half unit on this one. Um, currently it's even come down a little bit here, but Cole Sillinger, anytime goal, plus 470 on FanDuel right now. He's playing on the first line with Patrick Laine and Johnny Goudreau. He's supposed to be playing on the first power play unit right now. 
If you're telling me I'm going to get an opportunity with those guys playing on that line, especially in this spot here tonight against the Philadelphia Flyers, who I think could potentially be there with San Jose as one of the worst teams in the league this year, uh, I think taking a guy on that first line with those two guys at plus 470 is a very good look. So we'll take that for a half unit. That'll be my goal scorer play for today. But otherwise... Think that like it. do it for picks. Yep. Just, um, just so the whole audience knows, too, Zach had a a banger of a play on Tuesday night, and he was holding out on all of us. He had uh, the Pens minus one ten to win the opening faceoff, knowing that it would be Crosby against Bedard, which was about as big a mismatch as you could get. And he decided not to tell anyone until uh, it was a past post. He posted it in our uh, in our Edward chat after the fact that uh, that it. it happened. So you know, That's just so great. you know, he was holding out on all of us guys. <laughs> I yeah, made the bet fair. like three minutes before, and I sent it two minutes after the fact, sending it over, and then it was right before the faceoff went. But yeah, I did have that. I mean, that's just wrong. Like minus. Yeah, that's a surprising. <laughs> yeah, that is. I didn't even. I've never looked at a faceoff market in my life, so uh, would I appreciate it a heads up. But what are you gonna do? Nice, <laughs> nice cash. Uh, all right, let's get to uh, recapping the picks here today. Uh, <laughs> we'll go through each of the picks. And again, for those who are new here uh, to the show, make sure to subscribe to the channel, like this uh, like this stream. Uh, we do appreciate all the support. We'll go through uh, as well what the picks are. But for reference, especially for those listening and on podcast form and not watching here, a unit we are tracking as $100. So if it's minus money to win 100 and if it's plus money, it's 100 just laying the 100 to win whatever it is on the plus side. Now, I'm currently looking at if we're going to go half units here, we're going $50 on these half units. Uh, and before I do recap those, RW fan said, what is a cylinder prop playable to? I think if you're gonna go anything above four hundred plus four hundred, I think it's good. I don't. I think below four hundred, you're getting into like a different. Uh, you're getting it's. I probably would stay away, but four hundred and above. And there was a few different books out there that were holding that, so I liked it at that. Um, Matt saying sent it about twenty four seconds before puck drop. Uh, <laughs> I still sent it before puck drop. It was it was there. <laughs> uh, all right, recapping tonight's picks. First and foremost, we're gonna go with the uh, the guest pick, the ghost pick from So Money, the New York Rangers minus one twenty five on the money line for a unit there. Uh, Cole Sillinger anytime goal scorer plus four seventy for a half unit on that one. The Columbus Blue Jackets money line minus one oh eight for a full unit. Seattle. Nashville under six plus 100 full unit and then final pick regulation time uh, money line on the Dallas Stars minus 126 so that is the regulation time minus on Dallas minus 126 for a full unit so real quick again Rangers money line minus 125 full unit cylinder anytime goal half unit Blue Jackets money line full unit minus 108 Predators Kraken under six plus 100 full unit and then finally the money line regulation time for the dallas stars minus 126 but those are our picks for today if you did enjoy the show please make sure to subscribe here to the channel like this stream it does help support the show and if you are looking for any type of show updates clips anything like that you can find us over on twitter at edgework hq russ 
Alex, thank you guys for taking the time to do this here today. For everyone in the chat, appreciate you guys coming out, asking questions, showing support as always. We'll see you guys back here tomorrow morning, 10.30 a.m. Eastern time. Enjoy the games tonight. Good luck on your bets. Let's have a day. <laughs>